0: Thanks for tuning in to the IGM podcast. We're so glad you've decided to explore God's Word with us. We look forward to connecting with you in email at info at or online at our website, www.integritygm.com. We hope this podcast encourages you to grow in the knowledge of God through His Word. Be blessed. As we look at chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians... Again, I want to emphasize the first verse. We stopped with this first verse on the last time that we were teaching. But in this first verse, it says, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. What is so important that we understand in this statement by Paul, following the 13th chapter, is The pursuit of the believer is not the spiritual gifts, it is the love of God. It is not the love of the world as the world defines love, it is the love of God, how God defines love. That is what we pursue. And at the same time, we desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, it seems interesting why... Why out of the nine that were listed at the beginning of chapter 12 of those spiritual gifts is he singling in on prophecy? I believe he's doing this because of the whole concept of the edification of the church. And as we get through verse 5, you'll understand that prophecy is better than speaking in tongues unless it is interpreted. So really what he's dealing with is an issue of edification. Prophecy edifies the body of Christ. So let's read verses 1 through 5 and see if you see this message as we're reading the context. Uh, Yoni or Alan, if you could read these verses.
1: Chapter 14, verse 1. Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the
0: church may receive edifying. What you finished with is the essence of what he's talking about is that prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues. Now, when you look at the spiritual gifts, if you come from a Pentecostal charismatic background, it's all about speaking in tongues. But if a person speaks in tongues, it does not edify the body. The only way that it can edify the body of the Messiah is if it's interpreted. And if it interprets it, it, if it is interpreted, then it functions in the same way as prophecy. And you see that from verse 5. But let's back up and look at verse 2. For the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands, talking about the people around them, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. So to pray and to speak in tongues is a understanding that you're speaking directly to god it's prayer by god's spirit and the people around you do not understand what is going on this is something between you and the lord and they're not being built up by what is going on it is something that's building you up spiritually but not the people around you and remember the spiritual gifts are in operation to glorify the lord And to build up the body of Christ. Mm. So if a person is speaking in tongues, how is that building up the body of Christ unless it is interpreted? Mm. And later on, Paul's going to say, I believe he says, I'd rather speak five words in an unknown tongue than ten thousands in a tongue.
2: Five words
0: in a known tongue, right? Did I say it wrong? Yes, you said unknown tongue. (laughs) I'd rather speak five words in a known tongue than 10,000 in speaking in tongues that people do not understand what is being said. And so when you look at this, it's all about the edification. Verse 3, but one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. So we see that it's building up the body of Christ. Now I want to speak to one issue here that some are teaching today. That they say new covenant prophecy is different from old covenant prophecy mm-hmm. because new covenant prophecy, and they say it from this verse, is only about exhortation. Huh. It is only about edification and consolation. Good things, positive things, things that build up. But what you don't under what people do not understanding is building up the body exhortation and edification is not always about speaking things that are nice and good and things that you want to hear Mm. to edify the body sometimes is building down things destroying things that the right things of god can be built up Mm. and we see so like if
2: you're like remodeling a bathroom you know, one part of it is to like lay the tile, but another thing sometimes is to tear down the old walls yeah. that might be cruddy yeah. and stuff.
1: What's well, that saying? It's
0: got to get worse before it gets better yes. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you think about the prophet Jeremiah in chapter one at the beginning of his ministry that he is told that, that you will be a prophet to the nations, plural, hmm. for the breaking down and the building up mm. and the planting. And so we mistakenly think that when he says for edification, that means, Alan and Johnny, that if I prophesy, I can only prophesy something good that's going to make you feel better and build you up. But that's not what is being said here. Mm -hmm. So some in the charismatic circles teach this, that you just prophesy about things that are good. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And we need to understand the whole scriptures, that edification is not just about giving me good things that I want to hear. Mm-hmm. So it will edify the body, prophecy. It is exhortation. It is consolation. It is things that are positive. But also in the midst of that, there are things that have to be broken down if the body is going to be edified. So don't take theology from one verse. See it in the light of all scripture. And also don't define words by itself but allow context to define words Hmm. verse 4 one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself because he's praying in a tongue that others do not understand he doesn't understand but he's praying by the power of God's spirit we're going to see that later praying by the spirit of God and it's building him up in his faith in his prayer life in his walk with the Lord. But if I'm doing that today, it doesn't do anything for yoni unless it's interpreted. Hmm. Then only at that point can it edify the body.
2: Which ties back to kind of the common heart of of chapter 12 and 13, that it's all about community, it's all about love, it's all about us working together.
0: Yes, and if we're going to edify the body, we have to pursue love. Mm -hmm. love has Mm -hmm. got to be the foundation that these spiritual gifts operate and then it's going to be about edification Mm. it's not going to be about me if i'm not pursuing love then i can speak in tongues when we gather together all day long because i don't care about you it's only about me and my walk with the lord And, Mm -hmm. and he's almost putting this in a in a setting
1: where when you're in in the congregation with other believers you know, if you're just speaking in tongues, it's just not really doing anything at all, but mm. building you up a l- little bit. So this is almost referring to that speaking in tongues without interpretation as a private sort of thing, which I think he touches on later in the, in the chapter we'll talk
2: about.
0: Yes.
1: Mm. Oh, Yes. Yeah,
2: cause it's clearly not a knock on doing it privately in your own home. It's, yeah. you know, he'll it's it's say, yeah. you know,
1: I, I, I speak more than all of you in tongues and that's got to be quite a bit if he's having to address right. the Corinthian church mm-hmm. that just seem to be speaking
0: in tongues at will, you know, freely yes. and getting out of order with it. Mm-hmm. So. Unless it is interpreted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we see it becomes a public event, a spiritual gift that can be used in a public forum yeah. if it's interpreted. Now, Pentecostals, which I grew up in a Pentecostal context, do not like any order or restrictions put (laughs) upon them and as soon as you put order then they think that we are Mm. taking away the ministry of god's spirit
2: quenching the spirit as they would say let the
0: spirit flow you've heard that a lot yes (laughs) over and over (laughs) again and most of those comments are coming from a good heart but they really do not understand the scriptures Because chapters 12, 13, and 14, especially chapter 14, is about order. Mm -hmm. God is a God of order. So if we do not have guidance by order from God's word and principles coming from God's word the spiritual gifts are just all over the place and that's probably what's taking place in the Corinthian church yeah I mean I just think
1: practically if if on this podcast Yoni just starts speaking in tongues you know say five minutes and then and then Scott just goes right into teaching right after that and everyone's like what 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 just happened there you know it really wouldn't edify anybody other than Yoni
2: which is interesting it makes you know I get this picture too of like a room full of people and every. Everyone's speaking in tongues, you know, at the same time, and there's this like hyper spiritualism that everyone feels excited about. But but it's almost like Paul's being like, "What are you guys doing? Like this isn't building up anybody, right?" Like you know, like. I mean, and,
1: and you're in you're in person, so yeah, like you said, there's that sort of atmosphere. But on this podcast, if I just started speaking in tongues for five minutes. And then Scott just jumps back right where he was teaching. Yeah. That would be really kind of weird, and that just would <laughs> yes. not be would seem right. It'd be confused <laughs> people that hurt people that you know imagine a non believer in a church just just or listening to a podcast.
0: And we're going to get to that. Yeah, they'd there, be like, there. "What? There. What just happened? I'm <laughs> clicking this thing off." <laughs> but let me ask the question, even though we're going to stay with the flow of context here. A question: Why do some people do that? within public forums and settings that they have this urge to speak in tongues in those settings and not for it to be interpreted why does that take place you get together you have a prayer meeting and 20 people start speaking in tongues and so why is that be a little self gratification involved yeah. where they it's kind of about
1: that person they want it to be about them and
2: I mean, I also, I don't want to full, I mean, I agree with that. I can see that a lot. Not, I can also see everyone. sometimes, yeah, sometimes you might feel like the Spirit's leading you something. So I don't know. I don't know if I can fully knock it.
0: Well, again, we're going to talk about order here. Yeah. And we want to be guided by God's Word. And we're going to see sometimes, I would say my observation, some people want to show their spirituality, hmm. that I can speak in tongues, that I have this gift and nobody's going to tell me that I cannot do this. Mm. And we're in a setting where it's okay to do that, so we're going to go for it. But how can anyone say amen mm-hmm. to what's happening through your prayer life and what has taken place? Then I would say, and I've always uh, guided by these principles, that we look at 1 Corinthians 14, and there's a proper time to speak in tongues if you have that gift, but not everyone speaks in tongues. If you have that gifting and in a public setting, when we're gathered together and we're praying together, that's not the right setting. Hmm. So whether you feel or not that this is, I should do this or shouldn't do that, what does the word of God say? Hmm. And I believe this is what Paul is doing here, because you're dealing with a Corinthian church that probably has a over emphasis on tongues
2: yeah.
0: and he's putting things in proper order that's how I would see the the flow of the context here. let's keep going down that thought and let's go to verse 6. but now brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will I profit you unless I speak to you either by a way a way of revelation or of knowledge or of a prophecy or of teaching? What he is saying, if I'm speaking in tongues, in the public setting, in the congregational setting, what profit is that to you? And the whole goal is the edification of the body. Verse 7, yet even lifeless things, either flute or harp, and producing a sound, if they do not produce a distinction in the tones, how will it be known what is played on the flute or on the harp? For if the bugle produces an indistinct sound, who will prepare himself for battle? So also you, unless you utter by tongue speech that is clear, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. Let's stop there for a moment. So if you do not have the interpretation, it's like me getting on a trumpet and just blowing it. And I don't know how to play a trumpet. I do not know how to play what were the other instruments, a harp or a flute. It will not make sense. It will be confusing. People will not be edified. Believe me, if I play the harp, the flute, the bugle, whatever it is, I do not know how to make a distinct sound with those instruments. So therefore, it's useless. Mm -hmm. That is in the same way, speaking in tongues, as we're gathering together as a congregation together for prayer, for the ministry of God's word, to grow in him. How can it be if we're all speaking in tongues and there's not any interpretation? It's just like these instruments played by someone that doesn't know how to play them. Say again, look at what he says in verse 9. So also you, unless you utter by the tongue speech that is clear, not speech that is unclear, speech that is clear, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. Verse 10. There are perhaps a great many kinds of tongues, languages in the world, and no one kind is without meaning. If then I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be to the one who speaks a barbarian or a foreigner, and the one who speaks will be a foreigner or a barbarian to me. So also you, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the edification of the church. Mm. You cannot get more clear than what he is saying here. Is that unless it's interpreted, that speaking in tongues, in languages in tongues, if it's not interpreted, then how would the body be edified? Don't do it.
2: Make that your number one goal in public, in, the, in your community setting, in your church setting. Right. Edification. Make that number goal. Yes. Memorable.
0: Why yeah. do we preach? Why do we teach? Mm-hmm. Why is there the gift gifts of healings? Why is there the gift of knowledge, of wisdom? All these gifts coming is for the glorification of the Lord, chapter 12, and the edification of the body. Hmm. It cannot uh, say Jesus is accursed. It must say Jesus is Lord. It must glorify him, and it must edify
2: the body or it should edify i guess you it, could abuse it <laughs> well, which was what happening in the in the in the, in the church well think in the church. about how
0: it's being abused i i remember this vividly just these types of things where the spiritual gifts are in operation within a church setting and the body's not being built up but there's confusion that's going on that's what we have to stay away from and this, I believe, is exactly what Paul is saying to the Corinthian believers.
2: Yeah. So I had a kind of a rub when you were sharing earlier about like... How so it,
0: explain what a rub oh yeah, is. It was, it
2: was kind of, uh, uh, it, it was, what's the best way of describing that? Maybe uh, it felt like it was kind of at odds with my perspective. You know, you said tongue shouldn't be spoken unless it's interpreted in a public setting at all. And I feel like sometimes the lord can lead somebody to just feel like i need i need to pray in tongues right now. i've had that myself you know you're just you're in a you're in a in a group and you just feel like the spirit comes over you typically i'll just kind of pray in tongues to myself and it kind of feel like it does a work in me mm-hmm. um and it kind of prepares me to maybe to say something or i feel a leading after that then it's um, not
0: meant for everyone that's around you you're just praying correct. silently yes
2: um but but then again the the heart so i guess what you were saying isn't don't ne- don't ever speak in tongues if you're around people, even if you're just doing it privately. What you're really saying is it must always be for the edification. You always need to focus on that. that so,
0: that's the focus of the gifts. Yeah, so I yeah. guess
2: even if you're in a public setting, there's nothing wrong. Okay, you know what? This, I feel the Spirit's leading me to pray. I'm going to pray to myself, pray you know, pray within myself yeah. in tongues, and then maybe the Lord's going to give me something to share to everybody else. Yeah.
0: And think about this as well. In chapter 2 of Acts, people go and say, it was not interpreted, Acts chapter 2. But the Jews that had come from around the world, God did this where they began speaking in unknown tongues for themselves, yet known languages for the people that had come, and they heard them glorifying God in their own language. So even though there wasn't an interpreter there, To take what they were speaking to make it known to these people, they heard it, which Mm. is showing the very heart of God of what is going on, Mm. is that the gospel was coming to all these Jews that had come from the Roman Empire. Acts chapter 10, Cornelius starts speaking in other languages and tongues, but in that situation, it was a sign that they had received the Spirit of God just like the Jews had received in Jerusalem but what we're dealing with here we are dealing with a context of gathering together of believers and the spiritual gifts and operation within the body as they meet together and as we meet together the focus the focus is edification so I may want to pray out loud in tongues for whatever reason, the spiritual gift that God has given to me and I feel the presence of God and I'm, I began to blurt out in tongues and praying to God. And Paul is saying, no, mm. because that's not edifying the body. That's not why the tongues in the public setting with other believers, how it's supposed to operate and they will not be edified.
2: Mm hmm. That's interesting. And, yeah. and
0: I, I see what you're saying, Yoni, know, about it. And, I, you know,
1: there's the time, in, and in different services I've been in, you know, the pastor yeah. said, everyone, let's pray together and, and pray yeah. pray in your own, you know. And so everybody's kind of praying together at that moment. So, yeah, yeah you could see you're, you're praying kind of exactly. in tongues under your breath. But there's also, and I've seen this, and this is very specific in the charismatic, you know, Pentecostal churches where it's quiet and then someone just gets up and blurts out and just starts really loud praying mm-hmm. in tongues. And then. And then that's, you know, I feel like that's what Paul was addressing here, where you'd have six Mm -hmm. or seven or 12 or who knows how many people in the Corinthian church were Mm -hmm. getting up Mm -hmm. and doing that. And then there was no interpretation. And again, it'd be be me to just right now blurting out in tongues on the Mm -hmm. podcast. And then Mm -hmm. Scott just going right back into teaching with no explanation about it. Yeah. And then just getting up and being loud. And I've seen that in different services. And you feel like, well, something's happening. It's a spiritual gift, but... It's almost like Scott said. You're almost left more confused than you were edified at all because mm-hmm. nothing was interpreted. Nothing, mm-hmm. you know, came out of it other than a person stood up.
0: It got real loud, and you're kind of like, "What's what's happening <laughs> and over I've there?" I've heard people come out of services say, "I don't know what that was all about." Yeah, <laughs> you don't. You really don't. Yeah. You're like, "Well, that's
1: like that was kind of awkward." You know, you didn't really know what happened. It was more confusing than yes.
0: than it was anything else. Well, let's go to the mm-hmm. next verse. Because this also continues the flow of thought. Verse 13, Therefore let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So again, so for the edification. So if you're going to speak in a tongue, in a setting where people are praying, and it's to be for the edification of the church, it's got to be interpreted. So pray that you may interpret. Go to the, the next verse here. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So that's what what is being said is that the person that is praying, yes, the Spirit of God within you is praying, but you yourself do not know Hmm. what you're praying. But you're being built up, but the people around you are not being built up at all. Because they don't understand and you don't understand. Your mind is unfruitful, but the person that is praying in a tongue, the Spirit prays. The Spirit of the living God inside of us is praying, yet we don't understand what we're praying. Verse 15, what is the outcome then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the mind also. I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the mind also. Now, that's a very loaded statement that mm-hmm. when we look at this. So in not any way is Paul saying, do not pray in the spirit. Do not pray in tongues. Because contextually here, praying in tongues is praying what? In mm-hmm. the spirit. Okay. And there's also times in which I will pray with words that I understand and the people around me that understand, I'm praying with my mind also. Now I want to stop there for a moment because some people mistakenly have thought that if I pray with intelligible words, words that I understand, then I'm not praying in the spirit because of this Mm -hmm. verse here. And I don't believe that's what is being said here because if I prophesy am I prophesying just in my mind, No, I'm prophesying by the power of God's Spirit within me. If I give a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, even though it's words that I understand and the listener understands, does that mean I'm just doing it in my mind? Or am I doing it through the power of God's Spirit? Because it's one of the gifts of what? The Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But what is being dealt with here is that when you pray in tongues, you're praying from the power of God's Spirit and nobody else understands what's going on. Even you don't understand mm-hmm. what you're praying. So you can pray with the spirit and you can pray with the mind also. It does not mean that if you're praying with the mind that you're not praying in the power of God's spirit. It mm-hmm. just means that people understand what is taking place. You yeah, he's not you saying understand. it
2: exclusively.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is what I come across all the time, that if you pray with words that you understand, you're not praying in the power of God's Spirit. When we pray, we pray with the power of God's Spirit, whether it's in a tongue or in a language that we understand. It is God's Spirit that we pray by the power of God's Spirit. We are filled with the Spirit. It is the fruit of the Spirit that comes out of our lives. God distributes the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His will. And when we pray, we pray with the power of God's Spirit. But here it's making a distinction about those that are listening. Because when you pray in tongues, it's not for the mind. I don't understand The listener doesn't understand. So what he is saying, you can pray with the spirit and you can pray with the mind also. You can sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the mind also. Same context. And you can sing in tongues by the power of God's Spirit. And I've been in services where people sing in tongues by the power of God's Spirit. But again, to edify the body, that needs to what? Be interpreted. interpreted. Okay, that will not change anywhere throughout this. Verse 16, otherwise, if you bless in the spirit only, how would the one who fills the place of the ungifted say amen? Someone that doesn't have that gift, if you bless in the spirit, if you just come up to someone and just start blessing them and praying in tongues by the power of God's spirit, how is that person going to say amen? He doesn't even know what's going on. And you give, and at, let me read this again. Otherwise, if you bless in the spirit only, how would the one who fills the place of the ungifted say the amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not know what you are saying?
2: <laughs> okay, this just sounds to me like they're giving grace before the meal, and this guy's like, boom, busts out in tongues, and everyone's like about to eat, and they're like, What? <laughs>
0: You know, I never thought about that. But they're giving thanks unto God, praising God. But I've had people come and just start praying in tongues. Over the meal or something? No, or over just... me. Oh, wow, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Over other individuals. Mm-hmm. But if you go back to Acts 2, they in those tongues, they were glorifying God. Hmm. They were giving praise to God, giving thanks to God. They understood, but in this context... How will they say amen when you give thanks unto God when they don't understand what's going on? How do you even respond to it? It's interesting because Paul
1: kind of drives this same thing home about three or four times through this chapter. So the Corinthians seem to have been, <laughs> yes. been struggling with this issue of Big just tongue. going and right. speaking in tongues. And yeah, and it's, 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 it's interesting to see how much he has. And he said the same thing about four times, right? You know, he said, if, if I come in another language and you don't know the language... And then languages have meaning. How will this, how will the hearer know? And it's just really, yeah, they seem to have really gotten off on a tangent of of focusing on tongues, focusing on this gift. And and I'm I'm sitting here listening, thinking, you know, why would that be? And I do think that's, it's a cool gift, you know, it's a cool gifting to have, you know, Hmm. this heavenly language to feel it, you know, you're kind of building yourself up. And and it's just yeah. something that yeah, and, and, and maybe it's self gratifying
2: because you feel like a spiritual connection when you do yeah, it. So and maybe very,
1: maybe that's part of the, our human nature, Paul's addressing, where we want these gifts that that are it's edifying us, right? It it's good. It it sounds cool, you know, and it's it's something that just is really supernatural. Right. So mm-hmm. they they focused on that, but Paul said no. You've lost you've lost it in that. In a, you need to walk in love, which he did the chapter before,
0: and even before that, it needs to edify. Others around you. Yes, mm-hmm. very much. And this, he says it over and over and over again. So that's the reason many Bible teachers say there must have been an overemphasis of speaking in tongues yeah. in the mm-hmm. Corinthian church, because over and over he keeps bringing up the same thing, especially in chapter 14. At verse 17, for you are giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not edified. Again, the edification. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Look at this. Paul, in not in any way, is saying that this gift that God is giving, that you shouldn't use this gift. It's just saying in a congregational setting, there has to be order, and the congregational setting is for the edification, the building up of the body of Christ. Mm. So how can they say amen if you're giving thanks over them in tongues and they don't know what you're saying? It's really just common sense, but it's biblical principles about why we meet together. We meet together, not for me, but to glorify God and to build up the body of the Messiah. Verse 19, however, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. Mm -hmm. And if we can remember that simple statement there, that when we're gathered together as a body of believers, many members, one body, and it's for the building up and the edification of the body, I'd rather speak five words that they can understand than 10,000 words in a tongue. And that takes care of a lot of the issues. Should I? Shouldn't I? No, we're pursuing love. And if we're pursuing love, we're going to Uh, Earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Why? Because prophecy edifies the body and it's greater than tongues unless it is interpreted. Because if it's interpreted, then it can edify the body of Christ. Hmm. And so this is very clear, very simple, and people from a Pentecostal charismatic background want to skip over these verses and just move on to something else. Mm-hmm. But this is putting order in how the spiritual gifts operate.
2: I think there's something interesting, too, because I think it addresses it from both ends, because we can look at the Pentecostals, many of which, you know, I, I came out of the Pentecostal church, I was saved in the Pentecostal church, but you can look at them and, and they, they, a lot of them get things wrong here. But it also highlights, I think, some things that they also get right, which I think is interesting because I've also been in a lot of other circles where they treat speaking in tongues like they'll be like, there better have been a tongue of fire on top of your head because they think like it's only under certain select circumstances that you could ever be given this specific time. And they think that, you know, maybe only one or two people in the last hundred years have been able to they speak in tongues. They discourage it over and, and they, over. And and exactly. Where this whole passage would be impossible if it weren't true that God actually gives this gifting. It gives He gives it to a lot of people. and Well, just well,
0: just for for a moment. He distributed distributes these gifts according to his will. We don't know how many Oh you're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. So but it's according to his will. But
2: but at the very least we know that he distributes it in a way where it could even be abused. Because in this case it was. And so I think there's there's lessons for both sides. There's lessons for the side of people that abuse this, which is this is obviously what it's speaking about. But it's lessons for, I think, the group of people that say this should never happen. This should be so absolutely rare. This passage makes it seem like, well, it obviously was not that rare.
1: Yeah, and I I always like this verse 18 where Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. And he's talking to a Corinthian church that seems to be really (laughs) speaking in tongues. (laughs) But I think he makes a really distinction there. And maybe, and Scott, you you tell me how you see this. It doesn't say it specifically, but he's almost saying, you know, I'm speaking in tongues more than you all in my private prayer time, you know, edifying, building himself up, which he talks about. But when he's in the church, he'd rather mm. not even speak, you know. Unless it's five interpreted. Words. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless it was interpreted. But he's doing it a lot, obviously more more than the Corinthian church, which mm. seems to be a ton. But he, in the public, he's saying, you know what, I, I don't want to do it here. Mm. I want to speak five words that edify versus 10,000 words in tongues it's
0: it's very interesting what you're bringing up and remember he also instructs them to pray that you may interpret Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and one of the gifts of the holy spirit is the interpretation of tongues Mm -hmm. so you see those two gifts together if it's going to edify the body. Mm. So there must have been a real problem like you pointed out earlier, people just blurting out and speaking in tongues very loudly and and it's not being interpreted. Mm. And how is this edifying the body? It's not edifying the body, it's bringing about confusion within the body of Christ. And so, um, but I like that verse too. It's not something to be abandoned. In fact, Paul is saying, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you Corinthians mm-hmm. and but again, I would see that contextually in his private prayer life and a time and when it's just between uh, with him and the Lord speaking to the Lord and it's not meant to be a message to the whole body. Mm-hmm. And so people debate, well can you do that in a public setting? And yoni, I think you pointed out you know it's time you mm-hmm. just have to keep it, Under your breath or something that you're praying, but it's not meant to be loud and exposure to the whole body, but it's something that you're praying directly to God by the spirit. You don't know what you're praying, but you're being built up.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. And uh, where's the line? I'm not willing to get into that. The line is the Mm. edification of the body.
2: Yeah. Mm.
0: And if I'm not edifying the body, I need to back off. If If you're more of a distraction than an edifier
1: then you've probably crossed that line. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Whatever that means and whatever type of congregation you're in. But if you're becoming a distraction and not an
0: edifier, then Mm. you may have crossed that line. Right. And one last thing as we close here, because we'll close in verse 19, is that sometimes people want to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. And that becomes a, a problem. And... Then others say, well, why would God give a gift to a person that's going to abuse it and not use it in the right way? God distributes the gifts according to his will. He knows what he's doing, but it's also our responsibility to use it in the right way. And if we are not walking in the spirit where the fruit of the spirit is evident and confirming who we are, and we're not pursuing love, then that spiritual gift is not going to operate in the right way. God didn't make a mistake. I'm making the mistake. I'm not doing what I need to do in the right way to honor God. God never makes a mistake. He gives his gifts according to his will. God knows what he's doing. He's given me a spiritual gift, whatever it is. It is my responsibility, even if it's just administration, I can mess up administration, right? Mm-hmm. I can take shortcuts and not do things the right way. And, and, um, but it's my responsibility to take that gifting and use it for God's glory. Mm-hmm. And I can use administration in the wrong way and hurt the body if I'm doing it in the wrong way, if I'm not pursuing love. Mm. I can be an administrator where I'm destroying the body but it's my responsibility to do it in the right way the fruit of the spirit confirms us that's that's what confirms who i am it confirms my walk with the lord it confirms how mature how strong i am in my faith how mature i am in the faith not the gifts of the holy spirit yeah. let's pray heavenly father thank you for this time and i pray that we spoke your word in the way that you intended it to be spoken. You spoke to Paul how to write to the Corinthians. And Lord, let the original intent of what was being said come alive within us. And Lord, let us do things in the right way that glorify you and that edify the body of the Messiah. We pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. If you'd like to learn more about IGM or have any questions about this podcast, feel free to reach out to us at info at and connect with us on Instagram at integrity underscore global and Facebook at integrity global missions. If you like our podcast, please share it and leave a review. Thank you for listening. Have a blessed day.